Welcome to Gossip and Glam, a podcast on Bravo's The Real Housewives. I am DeBay, and joining me is the podcast king, the <laughs> king of podcasting, DeGill. How am I manipulating the situation? <laughs> I mean, LVP. Welcome, Lisa Vanderpump. How, how is it possible that now I'm manipulating the situation? What a great window into how if you get a bunch of women together in the same room, a conflict will break out for oh, no reason. Oh, you're, you're going to pull the gender card? No. Well, well, I guess I pulled it. I mean, let me do it more clinically than that, even though I'm not a trained uh, clinician here on this subject. But uh, that was fascinating from a how everybody ended up getting blamed for something situation. everyone is throwing everyone under the bus yeah with denise richards by the way on the sidelines going what i'm sorry i can't follow any of this she's like what i just wore shorts i thought it was gonna be casual what's going on oh we gotta talk about that i have Um, a fashion question with that let's start there do it so denise richards very uncomfortably right walks into that room where every (laughs) other of the girls they're all decked out i mean they went crazy on their dress i mean some of them even have a glam squad right uh, and then a uh, new term for me, glam squad. I got to get me a glam squad. And then so Denise Richards walks in. I am in. your glam squad. <laughs> you are. Denise Richards walks in with shorts and like a chill tank. <laughs> what did you call it? Is it a tank top? Is that not a tank top? Wait, did oh, you say not. a chill tank? A chill tank. Like she's just like hanging out. Yeah. So my question to you was, as uncomfortable as that was, what would you say is more uncomfortable, being horrifically underdressed or way overdressed? Always overdressed. I when agree. In, when Wait, in you, doubt, say, you say what, always overdressed in doubt well, or what's worse? Only when in doubt. So I, you should, I, I always preach about dressing appropriately and sort of matching the event, matching your audience, matching the theme, matching the weather, like dressing event appropriately but if you don't know what the dress code is especially if it's a casual get together in the suite before you head out with your friends then yeah you're assuming okay i'm we're in the bahamas i'm gonna head over in shorts and a tank that's completely she didn't do anything wrong by showing up in that outfit but if you were ever unsure and if she did have more stuff packed in her suitcase that could have applied to this audience right? So we know that this cast over goes over the top with their outfits, then yeah, you would, you would want to lean that way instead of underdressing. Right. Well, I, I think if you know the people, maybe you have a, you have some inkling what you should do, but I'm just saying in general in life, what is more uncomfortable? And I would say being, oh, being the only one overdressed is probably more uncomfortable. Oh, you think, oh, I think in, being the only one underdressed. Ah, nah, because in that situation, you can find, like, after the initial discomfort, you're probably like, ah, you people are idiots. You should all be dressed like me. Whereas if you're the only overdressed one, you are you really can't get out of that awkwardness for the night. Well, you know? at least you look better than bummy, is what I say. And yeah. also, I have a biased perspective, right? I'm a fashion girl, so I would rather be overdressed than show up underdressed. But you know what oh, I thought was really... Sure. I thought it was really sweet that Camille was, you know, after the, you know, all of their jaws dropped and there was an uncomfortable moment, Camille piped in and she said, oh, cute shorts, which I (laughs) thought, no, I thought that was sweet of her to kind of zone in on the one item that was passable. So I think that if Denise had paired those sort of, she had, they were like beaded or something. So they were a little bit extra. Um, And if she paired it with, you know, maybe like a blue song or some something a little fa- fancier that might have passed. But you know, Rinna, I would have to say Rinna was probably trying not to overwhelm her and was trying to be casual in her speech. But I think that she steered her wrong when Denise asked her, "So, you know, what's the what are you guys wearing? What are we wearing?" And Rinna's like, "Oh, these women, they're just kind of it's just casual, or whatever, and like no big deal. You know, they they dress up, but it's fine. You know, she just <laughs> sort of downplayed it. Uh, but Denise should have." take an account into you know who the source was and and Rena dresses up you know a lot too so 
uh, it, every, yeah. everything's a riddle though right because like if that Camille comment about the shorts came from somebody else maybe it's a super sarcastic comment if Rinna says to Denise if she sort of downplays it in nonchalance what the dress code is maybe she's being manipulative according to some you know like there's so many different angles on this so true this that's cast. right that's right well okay. Denise was she is proving to be a very good sport right in her transition in with these women and she, I like her yeah, yeah I like her and she says she's like okay I learned real quick what the dress code is yeah <laughs> Uh, and by the way, let me just say about the overdressed, underdressed, what's worse. No one should be listening to me on this. They should completely be listening to you. Like, in no way am I suggesting that I know the correct answer here. No, but uh, yeah. honestly, your position of saying, you know, you would rather show up to a dressy event underdressed if you weren't sure and get over that initial hump and then just be yeah, like, I, I'm yeah, good I, would just, I would just dirty John it, right? Just show up on my scrubs. <laughs> You just own it, baby. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I'm going to murder you later on the show. But right <laughs> yeah. now, yeah. So that's a good try to murder cool. you anyway. Yeah. I think that's a cool perspective because I think a lot of people would agree with you too. So I think at the end of the day, what it is, is whatever is going to make you feel most comfortable. So if it's going to make you less comfortable to be overdressed or be underdressed, then that's what you do. I think I'm scarred because I remember when I was like in seventh grade, this kid showed up to a dance in like a full three piece suit. <laughs> and I just remember thinking this has to be the worst day of his life. Third grade? Seventh. Oh, was it his idea or his mom's? I think he just got the wrong idea. He <laughs> thought it was formal. I wonder what you say. I'm so curious. Like, I wonder what's up with that dude today. I remember his name. You know how you remember kids' names like from when you were 13 years old? I remember that kid's name. I didn't even know him well. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure he turned out okay. <laughs> I don't think it scarred him. But somehow mm-hmm. somehow that left the old indelible impression in my brain. So maybe that's where I'm scarred from that. Is that why you wear jeans and a t-shirt every day? That's right. Dirty you John look... in it. <laughs> Dirty John it up. Yeah. Uh, about the about the whole manipulation thing at the end, because I think we do I think want this... to get into that. Can I yeah. just interject, please, the oh, guild? Because sorry. you know, last week's podcast we touched on the Jordan Woods Kardashian versus the Kardashian drama. Oh, yes. And I just feel like we, you know, there's um, two new minor developments leading up to this Friday, and I I just want to discuss that really quick before we move on. Do you think that's a good idea? You don't want to live. You don't want to leave that participle dangling in other words yeah i mean let's get to the good stuff all right what do you got what's new well they jordan has agreed to appear on red table talk uh the facebook series that jada pinkett her mom and her daughter willow host and her mom right yeah her mom you said uh that trio can i tell you i've only seen that show once i've seen two parts of one show and that was when will smith appeared yeah, and I loved that show. I feel like I cry every time I watch it. Yeah, it's it was really good. If that's any reflection of how good it is, it's really good. So it's so now, good. Because, you, you, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to sing its praises too because Jada really has the ability. She has lived life. You just you know she's lived life and she has learned a lot and she's very honest about it and she tables her shit, you know, and she's like. Uh, this is what I've been through. So I know. And so every, and her perspectives are so right on the money. Like I, cause I consume myself with like psychology and why people do the things that they do. And then I, I'm always, intro- I try to be introspective about my own life and experiences and how that has formed me and how that affects, you know, my um, relationships. And I just feel like this woman knows what she's talking about she really she preaches the truth and i anyway i wanted to talk about or i wanted to speculate how you think this is going to go down with jordan on friday at the red table with jada and her family because number one there are family ties there with the smiths and with you know jada is friends with the kardashians and jordan signed yeah Jordan's Jada's friend with the Kardashians? 
Yeah, well, they're all sort of Hollywood, and then their oldest, not their oldest, their second oldest, um, Jaden yeah. and the Kardashians, they're all friends. Like, they're oh, the, the Kardashian-Jenners, they're, they're friends. Um, so they're, 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 ho- they're friends. They really are. They all know each other. They're friendly and friends. Um, but the other piece of this is that Jordan signed an NDA with the Kardashians, um, probably stemming from appearing on the shows, um, but it probably is more of a blanket like anything that you, you know, witness, bear witness to or participate in, you know, you're sort of under this um, contract that doesn't allow you to speak to media. So what do you so, think they're going to actually talk about? I was going to say, if you're under an NDA from the Kardashians, first of all, why would she sign that? Um but then if she does, like, then I don't, I don't know what she's allowed to talk about. Now it sort of make, makes this worse for me. I, I re- really wish I didn't know that she signed an NDA. I don't know what they're going to talk about. Now, let's take the NDA layer aside for a second. Let's say they could talk about anything. You off air, if I recall when you first brought this up, because you did bring this up at one point. I forgot. I was distraught you, and I had to talk it yeah, out. Yeah, you were saying that there that it's a friendly audience as a result of that family tie i guess i don't know that i view it that way i mean i'm sure listen jordan woods is a, is a young girl no one's gonna kill her right no one's gonna be on that at that red table being like you should you you are a slut you're a hoe you know that's not gonna happen mm-hmm. by the way that was my impression of jada <laughs> uh it was terrible i take that's that back it's horrible uh but that's that's not gonna happen right there's not gonna be any of that um Jada is super intelligent. Her mom is super introspective as well. Yeah. Willow chimes in. Probably Willow probably ought to sit back on this one a little bit. I don't know. Willow is wise beyond her years. She really is. And I think I think just innately growing up in a family that has such a high profile that you have access to everything, you kind of do grow up faster than the average kid. I'm sure that's true. And I think Jada and company will try to get into Jordan's mind and they'll try to get to why did you do what you did? Here's and, my fear that when I, they do that, they yeah. try and they're going to try and figure it out, right? That they're going to help her along. You were here, but that they're going to then rationalize it, which is fine, but. I just wish that instead of doing that, they would just hold space for Jordan to say what she needs to say. And then from there, based on what she said, guide her in a way that leads her towards forgiveness, self-forgiveness. And just I hear you. I hope you're right. I hope that's the way it goes. You're probably right that it won't go down that way. But yeah, your way is probably the better way. Uh, let her speak first and then go from there. Except the Kardashians are apparently, quote unquote, disgusted that she's even doing this interview. <laughs> well, I'm sure they are. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're they're controlling universes a little uh, off putting. Let's put it that way. I I do think that um, I, I do think that you and I last week we 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 sort of got into a little psychology talk about it like was this a not a cry for help but just the way of the way for tristan and jordan in their own ways to rebel against uh the situation that they find themselves in their self-resentment that they are as you put it so eloquently the kardashians bitches yeah um and so you know maybe that's it and i'm very curious when it, it's a, it airs on friday right yes yeah, I'm, I'm interested to watch that. It no one's asking. Only... No one's asking to interview Tristan. I'll tell you that. Well, he's already been out. He's in New York. He just was uh, shot having dinner with a very attractive young woman and a fellow basketball player, I guess. Um, but uh, it seemed to be that she, the, the woman was there with him. So Tristan has moved on. <laughs> he's moving on. He so does not care. Lots of people are going to get really sick and get really pregnant. <laughs> You you love lots of, lots of step sisters and brothers for for True Thompson. Who do you who do you hate more than Tristan Thompson? 
If I asked you that question right now, how long would it take you to come up with somebody? Who do I hate more? I think that I, I mean, let's leave the Trumps out of it. Yeah. Let's short, but- short of like historically, you know, historical dictators or, or, you know, megalomaniacs like on a historical level or, or murderers, but like who in the non murderer political <laughs> world do you hate more than Tristan Thompson? Okay. I'm not emotionally invested, so I don't hate um, this person like a lot, <laughs> like with such verve. But, you know, this show Southern Charm, there is a character, Thomas Ravenel, who was um, charged with domestic battery some sexual harassment something so anyway it ends up that he is the biggest manipulating misogynistic sexist piece of poo and basically <laughs> anyway and, the, and, the, and like you listen if you're a young guy and you're you know unattached and you want to go out and you have a great time and you like meeting people and if everything is consensual and you're upfront to women hey like I'm not into anything for anything serious like I'm just here for a good time and girls are down for that like insecure girls sure whatever but well, you, you already have... made a ju- you already made a judgment about the girls I love it you're like you couldn't get out of it without making a judgment insecure no, girl, do you know oh, why sure. I say that why oh. I say that is because There are plenty of men who've said to women, listen, I'm not like a relationship guy. Like I'm just, I'm just, you know, I live day by day. Like that's code for them saying like, you're not going to hear from me tomorrow, but girls, some girls and very, very smart ones, something in their brain turns off and they go, yeah, totally. Me too. I'm just down for a good time. And then they end up like the next day feeling heartbroken and crying in their soup because they're like, I don't know what happened. We had such a great connection and I slept with him. It's like, honey, he already told you straight up. He's not down for anything, but a good time. So if you thought you were going to be the one girl who's going to change him, you know, make him change his mind and turn him around, then you're just fooling yourself. So that's why I say that because there are girls like that exist. If you're a strong girl, you're not, you know, you're, if you're being honest with yourself and some dude who you think is really hot is like, hey, like pretty much you want to hook up because I think you're hot and you think I'm hot and you have the emotional and mature and the maturity to handle that and be like, that is actually all I want. I want a good time and I don't expect anything out of this. We should probably not talk after this because then if that's when the emotions start getting carried away, then cool. Good for you. Do, do your thing. But it's the mm. girls who are like, but I don't understand what happened. You know, I just, mm. it's hard for me to. Anyway, so Thomas Ravenel from Southern Charm, he, he dicked over the woman who had, Catherine, who had two of his kids. He just was so controlling and so manipulating. And, and he, he manipulated it in a way where he sort of got everyone to look at her like she was the crazy one. But she did show her crazy side, but that's because she's dealing with a manipulator, right? So when someone is gaslighting you and manip- manipulating you and controlling you, you're, you are going to feel crazy and you're, that's going to show. And then you just from one perspective, you can't look at it like, oh yeah, she is the crazy one. Like, no, she's dealing with a fucking madman. So Thomas Ravenel, he wins for dirty. Good answer. Very very well thorough thought out answer that was. <laughs> well thought out and verbose, maybe. Sorry for that. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Speaking of manipulation, though. Yeah. I mean, that is more, I mean, that really just overwhelmed that episode of, of Beverly Hills, right? It like, was that was everything. Theme, it was the theme of the show. Theme manipulation. So I, I ax you, may I ax you first? Who is wrong? Who is right? who is unfairly accused, who is, I mean, break it down person by person, because I think there's so much to go around here. Yeah, it is interesting how it's like weaved together in a web and it's starting to get a little confusing. But I think if we just sort of parse it out, I would say Vanderpump still pissed at Dorit, but doesn't want to say it out loud because it'll make her look like a bad friend. So she then has to act passive aggressively, 
and manipulatively and get her staff in, to uh, bring in Teddy to create, to sort of light the fire of this drama, right? Can you believe Dorit, Dorit did this? Can you believe this? This is awful, awful, awful. So then bringing in Kyle can sort of be on their side about it, get their perspective first. So when it finally comes to the big group, Lisa Rinna is no dummy. She knows exactly what LVP is up to. And so she calls it out. She's like, listen, we guys, we've been here before. LVP is manipulating both you, Kyle, and Teddy so that you guys will start this drama and get mad at Dorit for LVP to do her dirty work for her. Thousand percent right. I agree with all of that. Now, there's a lot of people who think Rinna is ultimately the puppet master here. I don't agree with that. I say she might have. She didn't start stirring the pot, but I think that she took over and 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 is stirring. She's certainly stirring to some degree. Correct. But 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 that's her role this year. Last year she stayed out of it, and it was it, you know she has to come to the table and bring it. Otherwise, she gets they get axed if they don't bring drama. Right. If they don't start shit, then they'll that's, cut. That's why. That's why. If I ever got signed up for a, a reality show, I'd be one year and done, one and done, because I'd be no. so boring. No, you I, think you'd be normal, but Degel, you know what? You would. You've been in this business for decades, so you would. <laughs> you have. <laughs> oh wait, okay. wait. You're you're young, so maybe a decade. I mean, oh, maybe. Now. Yeah, I was gonna say. So. But you would know how to play it, and you would be like, I am going to go in there and fuck this shit up. And I'm going <laughs> to fuck this shit up like nobody's business. I think uh, you would. I will say this, Lisa Vanderpump. I think you nailed it with Lisa Vanderpump. OLVP. She is so mad at Dorit, but has not once said anything directly to Dorit that, you know, even on this show, though, she's like, you didn't do anything wrong, but it didn't work out now, did it? Right? Like, she adds that at the end. But, like, when uh, when Kyle uh, brought it up, she's like, oh, I don't want to talk about that now. Right? So she's going to go, and you were even like, oh, something big is coming. No, she's just going to constantly do that thing where she's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Right? Just passive-aggressively stirring the potty. Exactly. More. And Rinna was all over that. Rinna was all over it, but I also, too, think that Kyle knows LVP so well. She knows this is what she's doing, but she's not going to say anything. Nothing's going to cut. She's like, nothing's coming out of my mouth until LVP says it out of her mouth, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut lest she implicates me. Yeah, and as far as Dorit is concerned, I know, like, look, by the letter of the law, she's wrong. You're right. By the letter of the law, you know, I get it. She's supposed to return the dog to Vanderpump and whatever that Vanderpump dog's place is. And because I'm not really sure what that place is, really. Um, but <laughs> but in reality, in reality, in life, if that dog is biting your kids and you're right, because you had said this to me off here. It's easier to just send it back to where it came from rather than find another home. But if for whatever reason it was just easy for her to give to this what she believed to be a good home, and then from that good home it ended up, you know, in a shelter, and then all the scandal of this breaks loose. I'm saying you're right by the letter that she probably should have abided by the contract and returned it right to Vanderpump. But it doesn't make her the world's worst human being if she thought she was sending it back to a nice home. And so that's like the other thing. It's like everybody's both right and wrong in this. You know, Doreen yeah. is on the one hand wrong for not putting it back. But in the, in, the, in the scheme of life, it's not like she's a criminal here. Vanderpump is right for not accusing Dorit directly and making her feel bad, but she's stirring the pot up in all the other ways we described. Rinna has nothing to do with anything. She's probably right about Vanderpump, but she's probably wrong for stirring it in the end. And then, you know, the if everybody is, it's gray area for everybody. A little caveat with that in terms of Dorit not returning the dog to Lisa Vanderpump and Lisa Vanderpump trying to act like, okay, 
well, you should have. And it explicitly says in the contract and whatever. But the thing is, is that when you're saying nobody is a bad person, you know, like Dorita wasn't a bad person because this happened. The point, if, if you're sitting in LVP's shoes, what Dorit did, and she's personalizing it, so she's what she's done to her is basically practically murdered that dog because LVP loves her animals. She loves her dogs more than I would say people. She reveres them. She collects them. I mean, she just is obsessed with her dogs. And to her, she's going to take it personally, whether or not her friend had the best of intentions and thought she might've executed it really well, finding a nice family. The fact that it didn't translate, it, you know, it could have, you know, worked out to the point where Lucy, Lucy could have ended up in a kill shelter. That to Lisa Vanderpump is probably the greatest sin you could commit in her eyes. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So there's a lot of nuancey things, you know, because we're dealing with people and people just, we're not linear. We, you know, we, we have feelings and then they feelings get hurt and then we have clicks and then you confide in your friend and then you start a gossip and then you're like, what is is that what they said? Like, no, that's not really what they said, but she hurt my feelings. So this is the theme, (laughs) theme manipulation. (laughs) Would men do men socialize in this same way and we just don't okay let's say okay let's let's take you and a few friends okay you your best friend you know who i'm talking about and your best friend's best friend who you're also friends with let's say it's the three of you okay you took a dog from your best friend's best friend okay uh he your best friend's best friend Mm -hmm. is a dog obsessed I mean, he practically raised this puppy since he was born. And then because you want a dog, you want to, you know, have a dog with you, you accept this dog and you guys trust each other because you guys are friends. But something doesn't work out with the dog. And you gave the dog to who you thought was a really nice family with, with kids and you know the dog will be loved and whatever, but ends up in a kill, potentially a kill shelter. I know within between dudes, you, you, the, the, the dialogue might sound a little like this. Hey, dude, I just found out that the dog that I thought I gave you ended up at a kill shelter. Like, thankfully, we were able to run over there and, and save his life. Like, what the fuck? And then you'd be like, dude, I really thought that was the best thing to do. I didn't just give it away. I gave it to, like, a really good friend who loves dogs. And then your friend would be like, okay, but you're supposed to return him to me. And then you'd be like, okay, I didn't, my bad, sorry. And then he'd be like, dude, like we just saved his life. Like he could have died. Like that's some serious shit. And then you'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) how long is this going to go for? Well, I guess what I'm saying is, do you you even need me to be here by the way? And then you'd be like, and then he'd be like, like, and then you'd be like, but do you think you'd be like, But do you think but, that but that... what you just what you just described there though you just answered the question, which is it's one dude talking to another dude, like it wouldn't involve four other dudes. True that you're right. Well, by the way, the, the guy who you bought the, got the dog from, who is your friend, but he's best friends with your best friend. So your best, you guys ha- have a mutual best friend, and don't think he's not talking to your best friend about this behind your back. He's like. Dude, the Gil friggin' sent a dog to the fucking sh- kill shelter. What the fuck? And he'd be like, no, man, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Maybe he didn't know. And you, I know your best friend would stick up for you and give you the benefit of the doubt. But there is some back talking back there. But in the end, do you think it would end with you guys, you know, chalking it up to a, a near miss? Thank God it was caught. And do you feel like you're friendship moving forward from that incident would be affected uh i don't know that i don't think it'd be affected at all i i think you know if i tried to adopt another dog from him right let's say uh i think he'd be like dude you know what the rules are this time, right <laughs> but i mean like i don't uh, yeah i just don't think it becomes this web of puppeteering 
puppet mastering. Yeah. You know, yeah, like it's I just, think a, that you're just probably such a right. weird, just such a weird dynamic that when you watch, because in the end, your head wants to explode like, oh my God, who's mad at who? Everybody's getting involved in, the, in, in someone else's shit. Everyone's like getting in involved the... in everyone else's shit, but at the same time, everyone is backing up and acting so alarmed, like, wait, don't pull me into this, don't pull me into that, because no one wants to be accountable. Because in the end, the finger is going to get pointed at the person who started this bullshit, and everyone is afraid that they don't want the finger pointed at them. It's like Survivor. You know, yeah. where oh, LVP is like, well, Kyle and I were discussing it, and Erica, I was really disappointed that you only sent me a handwritten note. And, oh, could we talk about that? Yeah, and, and Kyle's like, wait, what? We didn't talk about it. You know, but what LVP is trying to do is be like, see, I got back up. Even Kyle agrees it was a shitty thing to do. When really, that's not what Kyle said at all. She was just listening to her friend talk about it, you know? So manipulation. First of all, it, okay, so that's another thing. And I don't know if this is because it's a reality show. I mean, I do think we have to account for that, that maybe this is just happening the way it's happening because it's on TV. But like in real life, if LVP had a problem with Erica's note of condolence, would she do it with a table surrounded, you know, at a table surrounded by all their friends? No. To maximize uncomfortable quotient, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and let me just say on the surface, what Erica wrote to LVP was a perfectly fine, satisfactory, sweet, and kind note of condolence. Unless they are super close buddies. Which they are not which they are not, then there was nothing wrong with what she wrote to LVP. And for LVP to be upset by it, well, you you know, you can allow for people more differently. Maybe she felt the way she felt as she said she did. That's fine. But there is like no point in making Erica feel like shit for it. None. None. And, you know, when we spoke about it, I was saying my initial reaction was I would really appreciate and I would receive probably more easily a, a, a note from my friends um, as opposed to a phone call because I am much more private and in that state I know I would fe be feeling really raw and exhausted by all of my emotions and so to just get something that just um, delivers a, a very sweet message and then I can just have it and hold it and know that my friend is thinking of me. That's really all I would want. So, Oh, and also, and also from the other side, right? If you're Erica, like I would put, if I put myself in Erica's position, God, do I call? Uh, when do I call? Am I bothering that person? Right. No, I'll, no, I'll write a note. Cause you know, normal people do that. Yeah. The only thing that I will say, like if I'm going to get nitpicky, which I'm, I'm definitely not, like it was 100% appropriate and totally satisfactory. And, and, and her intentions were very sweet. The only thing I would say was she wrote the note on her um, card. You know, everyone, a lot of people have personalized cards, you know, where their names are on top. And you just typically those are like used for thank you notes or, um, you know, for to send a gift, you know, along with a gift or something. But I might have, if I'm being picky, gone out and got a condolence specific card, you know, that just sort of felt like a little warmer. <laughs> Condolences on your uncle's grandfather's cousin. Like that specific? No. Sort of thing? No, but just, you know, the vibe of the card. Like it was just like a, a white blank card with her name on top of it, the kind that you send us thank you notes. Sorry for your loss at your boyfriend's bar mitzvah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, how specific are condolence cards, though? Fair. Haven't you Is ever that... read? Listen, DeGill, don't act like you don't go into pay. I see you in those card stores. You peruse Scan those cards. the I'll... condolence cards You section. love cards. And you, <laughs> you select your cards with care. I have seen you. Yeah, but I, like I haven't written a condolence card, and unlike like you know, oh, fifty first birthday or you know, happy Valentine's Day, mom or whatever you know, specific cards are like for condolences. It's weird. No, there are Sorry. cards out there that exist. So, so the card will have like you know, it, it'll be scenic, or there'll be some kind of serene kind of artwork, and it'll say like 
our my sincerest condolences and on the inside it might have sort of like an uplifting poem or something like there there are cards oh, like that. I see. Yeah. I just I just pictured you like looking for the occasion, right? Like <laughs> sorry about your bungee jumping death in the family. You know, like something that specific. So sorry that you died of a stroke. Oh, you know. By the way, speaking of strokes, which is not a joking today, I know. Luke Perry, fifty-two years old, on the heels of former NBA star, ex-husband of reality star Tammy, my favorite, uh, uh, Kenny Anderson, stroke at the age of forty-eight. So, what is going on with that? No, really, that's way too young for strokes, and um. I read that Kenny Anderson is on the mend. So he's recovering right now in hospital. But I didn't read that about Luke Perry. They didn't, you know, give us like his current status. So I don't know if he'll, I don't know. It's just, it's so alarming because they are, listen, guys, 52 is not that old. It really shouldn't be. The, The cast members that we're talking about, all of these ladies, they're, they're, it's the mean 50, 50 ish years of age and you can you should and can still be absolutely vibrant and and live a really really good life so the stroke thing is very scary this is so depressing luke perry were you a luke perry or a jason Priestley gal back in the day um i think i recall it might have been Priestley. like Hmm. luke perry was too broody for me i was a he was broody yeah he was broody yeah Smoldering and broody. Yeah. <laughs> smoldering. Spe- smoldering. That is what Denise Richards' husband on this show. Denise Richards' husband on this show always has that smoldery look totally. when he's on camera. And boy, does he like being on this show. He even got a phone call in there on this <laughs> one. Like, what dude is this anxious to be on a on a housewife show. How do you know he's anxious? He has to be part of it because they're committed to show their lives. These women. Are you, are you seeing any other dude on this show? No, they, they all call their husband. Uh, Dory calls PK. Oh, Wait, PK, oh well, PK. Ladies right. are so mean to me. I don't true, know why. True. No, they all, true, if true. they have one, they, they will call them. Listen, if I make it onto a reality show, you know that you would have to participate. <laughs> I cannot wait. I will just fuck shit up for you at every corner. Um, but I'm going to be smoldering and broody at the same no. time. No. Oh, my gosh. See, broody, okay, I can live with. You know, I, I know you got a lot going on in your head, but smoldering to me is, like, so douchey. <laughs> what you mean I got a lot going on in my head? Yeah. Broody. Broody, broody to gill. What you brooding me. about? Just brood about life. You know, looking for the right condolence card for that special person. <laughs> okay, so we're, let's go back. So we are discussing episode three, Sun and Shade in the Bahamas, uh, where they're at ba- Bahamar Resort. And, um, you know, we see they all get incredible rooms. And, you know, it definitely looks like a wonderful place to stay. They each get their own butler. Lisa. Bravo's got to be paying for this, right? Like Dorit's not paying for this. I think Bra- Bravo does pick up the the tab, but it's uh, it's you know uh, slated as this is Dorit's trip, so yeah. um, I think she gets to sort of set out the itinerary. So everyone's got a butler, and I have a beef with LVP because, um, and I know she's older, but LVP makes dad jokes. And I want to put an end to it because it's not, she thinks it's clever. And I guess that's her style of humor, but they really, they're, they come down to being a dad joke and they're not funny. So she, her Butler is, his name is Elvis. And so she says, well, maybe Elvis can love me tender tonight. And I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't get, I didn't get that whole thing. So what you're saying, that's a dad joke? Yeah, she's just taking Elvis Presley uh, song lines, and she. Oh, I see what you're saying. I didn't even get it. That's how old it was. Yeah. Yeah. So she needs to cut out the LV the uh, the dad jokes. But yeah, the whole place, you know, and then going to the having lunch on the private beach, which 
which looked t- totally fun. You know, the girls frolicking and playing around in the water and um, Erica let loose a little. She got in the water with her, her hair extensions. And I thought that was very, very cool because I thought that she would just stay on the sand and just t- sunbathe. But, but it all went down at the lunch on the beach. At the lunch on the beach. That's where the, uh, the condolence card uh, hateration began. Yeah, but don't you think that that was just an excuse on Lisa's part? Like, Lisa Vanderpump, like, is claiming that that made her upset. But do we really believe that that's really what she's upset about? Look, her brother committed suicide. You know, Uh, who knows? Who knows? But she's really upset at Dorit. And she's still refusing to come out with it because she wants someone else to come out with it first. Right. No, 100%. I think that's what we got out of this. And and, and uh, who knows what else she's upset about. You were saying that they, uh, her and Denise got massages so that LVP didn't have to go in the water? <laughs> that was my That, that was your my theory? theory? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's mad about that. Maybe she's mad that she didn't want to go in the water, that she can't go in the water. Yeah, maybe, maybe she's, she's just in a vain. state. She's in yeah. a state and she's just trying to throw her bad energy out there because she wants misery company for her misery it's (laughs) it seemed like there was a little bit of that going on but do you want to do you want to review a little bit just a few of their outfits when they got dressed up after the beach day okay please i only have i only have a few things to say okay okay so Mm -hmm. i think dory was doing i can't remember i think she had on like a tank top that was not a tank top, but like a negligee kind of cami, red and white with kind of matching silky pants. I didn't see the full mm-hmm. outfit, but she did look mm-hmm. great. And um, I think Erica showed up. Oh, yeah, it was a full suit. So it was a pantsuit. It was cobalt blue. It was flowy. Perfect color for her. She looked amazing. I know that she's put on some pounds this season, and I think that she is doing a fantastic job at dressing for her current weight. Um, and then I feel like I saw, I feel like I saw Dorit though do like head to toe Versace again, uh, which I was just like, I'm over it. Um, and then to be honest, other than. LVP wearing that teal caftan style maxi dress that made me think like she was channeling Princess Leia. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't down for it. She just, I know she's an older lady and she has more areas to cover up than to expose, but she really could do that look better because with all of the embroidered edges and just the way it sat on her body, it, I think it made her appear older than she is. So she did a little bit of a disservice with that look. Who knows why she made that decision. But And, um, and that's who again? Who's this L- again? LVP. LVP. Yeah, yeah, she wore like teal caftan. And, you like the hats? Are you a big fan of those hats? Um, I do. I actually love hats, but current hats. Like you have to. I was going to say, don't hats age you when you wear them like that? But that's why they have to be current, right? They have to yeah. be, quote unquote, in style and has to be part of an outfit. So yeah. you can't just wear a hat with a huge wide brim just to wear a hat with a huge wide brim. It's a little bit old timey. Um, and then uh, Camille and Denise. So they showed up to dinner wearing an LBD. For DeGill, the LBD stands for Little Black Dress. And every woman should have one. (laughs) It has its own acronym. Every woman should have one in their closet for a pinch, right? So you got invited somewhere last minute. It's a little bit of a dressier code. So you you won't go wrong with an LBD. You won't stand out. You won't, you know, fade in. You'll still be wearing something cute. So that's what they did. In this case, considering it's kind of like a night out, you're in the Bahamas, I think in this case, Camille and Denise, they played it safe with the LBDs. 
I would want to see them in outfits that have a little more color and a little bit more personality. And that's, you know, says something about who they are and in the environment that they're in. But having said that, I want to address Kyle's look. And I think she was wearing like a, a strapless, very like ocean inspired print maxi dress, which to me was too literal, right? So I think she picked that because she's like, we're in the Bahamas, we're by the water, I'm on vacation, it's a maxi for nighttime. So um, she took it too literally and I wish that Kyle would, um, I wish that she would dress like art and not try and, you know, be like the curtains matching her room in the Bahamas. Do you know what I mean? Don't want the curtains matching the drapes. Oh, no, that's something else. <laughs> so can I ask you a question? Something you said before, though, you said uh, you said that the every woman should have a little black dress, LBD, in their closet in a pinch. What should every dude have in his closet? Uh, that's a great question. I think it would have Good to Good be... question to Gil. Good. <laughs> Here's a cookie. You're so Thank funny. You. Um, <laughs> uh, for dudes, because you guys wear separates more. So like a dress actually is easier for women to wear because you literally are slipping on one item of clothing. But for guys, you'll, you're going to need two pieces minimum to have in a pinch when you need to you know, dress it up a little bit. So it would either, it would either be a navy blue in my recommendation, a navy blue or a gray, a darker, a heather gray um, suit jacket. And then really dark wash jeans. Oh, interesting. Yeah. See, I don't think most people know that. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think most dudes would be like, oh, dark wash jeans. Like, I don't think most guys would know that. Yeah, the jeans have to, the, so the, the, the caveat is, is that they have to be of current cut, right? So right now we're still seeing slim cut, skinny cuts. It still has to be that. But because we're talking about a scenario where I have somewhere to go, like, oh, maybe I have to go, you know, to a play. Someone has an extra ticket. Maybe I have to go meet my, you know, girlfriend's parents and and it's kind of a casual restaurant but i want to look appropriate then yeah you pull out the gray blazer with the dark wash jeans that are of current cut no whiskering no fading you know just like really dark um print dark dark wash and and out the door you go i'm sure you have a button-down shirt to wear underneath and then depending on the restaurant or the venue then you decide if you're going to wear leather shoes which is kind of dressy i would side more with the sneaker athletic sneaker uh, not athletic sneaker shoes and when you say no whiskering that's that little whisker that appears like around the knees yeah and, and around the crotch area like the, the the coloring is like a little bit lighter in those areas because got it, got it. yeah gives it like death so interesting to pay so interesting <laughs> tips and tricks tips and tricks from this fashion stylist yeah. So people should you don't give them all away because you got some good stuff. <laughs> so the so the LBDs on Camille and Denise, all I'm saying is um, that was you you kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You you got lazy. That was a, a, a lazy look. So passable, but next time I would love to see them do something that is a little bit more fashion forward mm -hmm. and maybe take a risk. Yeah. Okay, I see that. I get it. Okay, and I don't even really recall what Teddy was wearing. I think it was something green, but she has such a very, very tight, narrow box in terms of her personal style that nothing that she wears ever surprises me. Which is not a good thing? It's not a good thing. And the reason why is because that's how you are going to be conceived or perceived, right? Yeah. There's Teddy. Yeah. Same old Teddy. Oh, here she comes. Oh yeah. She's still wearing those jeans in that top. Yeah. Here's Teddy. And you kind of associated with you is this 
same old Teddy. And no one wants to be the same and no one wants to ever feel old or, or be seen as old, right? So that's why you have to take a cue from celebrities and like how Erica Jane does. She's constantly switching up her looks. And that actually makes you more interesting. It makes you more interesting to look at. The, the inference is that you're more interesting to talk to. You have Well, I think that's not to interrupt you, but I think that's that's the key, right? Like, so you you told me this a long time ago, and I I thought this was a very interesting thing, and I never thought about it before. Which is, people treat you differently when you take care to look a certain way. So that's beyond. So on the one hand, that's the you know that's basic things like if you're you know, people, people treat you differently based on appearance in general. Yeah. It's, it's not the greatest thing about how our brains are wired, by the way, because it's super like hardwired for judgment. It is. And it, and it shouldn't be. But the fact is, is that it is. And that extends to fashion. People treat you differently when you look a certain way, when you dress a certain way. And it's so true. Uh, and I never thought about that before I met you. And I don't think most guys think about that stuff. Do you remember the time we walked into Chanel and we essentially rolled out of bed? Phil, very relate. This is a very relatable story to, to Bay that we rolled into a Chanel. No, listen. Well, it was a planned. <laughs> it, it was a planned yeah. event for like a pretty major reason. But we rolled out of bed and we stuffed ourselves with breakfast and we just rolled ourselves along oh out. i know where you're but going we, with this but i we know you're going with this yeah you know we didn't appear like we were serious consumers in that environment you could, you, you could say it i'm wearing a hoodie and i'm unshaped <laughs> you can tell i think your jeans had rips in them which is kind of cool but like i think our overall uh look communicated like these people are tourists they are just in here to like look at the Chanel's, they obviously can't afford any of these things or whatever. Anyway, what ended up happening? Nobody wouldn't help us. Nobody talked to us for nobody. a very, very long time. To the point, and you handled it poorly. Did I? If I might suggest, what? yes, yeah. Wait, what? Why? No, I mean you weren't you weren't out of control. But you, let's put it this way: you got you got more annoyed by it than I did. I sort of thought it was funny. Okay, right, I thought it were... was funny too. I didn't get annoyed, but I was giving you the play-by-play of like, oh, here she comes. You're going to do, oh, no, she, not us. <laughs> She's walking right by us. Not going to help us today. Like I was just giving the play-by-play and just pointing out at how absurd yeah. it was that we were not getting the same kind of attention or even an acknowledgement that we were there for such a long time. Yeah, maybe I overstated it by saying poorly, but you, you certainly, you had your limit with it. Let's put it that way. Where you were like, okay, you know, maybe maybe say hello to me at this point, maybe pay attention, <laughs> but but that's a but that's a metaphor for what we were talking about, right? That uh, yes, that's in a Chanel store, and they're looking for specific characteristics of do these people have enough money to buy this or not? But it is a metaphor for what we're talking about with real life and and judgment that people make on other people based on attractiveness, based on perceived attractiveness for sure, Teeth. based on. <laughs> Teeth. Well, yeah, all those things, right? Yeah. Teeth, teeth are big. Teeth right? are teeth big. Are big. Uh, but fashion, the things you can control very easily, people judge you on that. They treat you differently. Sure it's so do. true. Sure do. It's so messed up, but so true. Can I finish off the Chanel story, though? Don't I'm just, so sorry. No, no, no. Just to say that didn't you think that it was interesting that once we – you know, once the salesperson felt confident that we were ser- serious potential buyers, that then the request for champagne or, or sparkling water came out. <laughs> <laughs> it might have had something to do with me screaming, you know who we are, bitches. <laughs> that might have been part of it. Oh, my gossip and glam podcast. Hello. Sorry. sorry do we need a rating now? I'm sorry. So anyway, it is true. All that is true. And that is part of, I mean, that's just the psychology behind why we, why I love to dissect what the women wear, but it is part of how we interact with with each other, right? Even like, hey, I like within a group of women, I like what you're wearing. I admire what you're wearing. 
let's you and I sit beside each other and maybe be friends. Maybe we form our own little clique because we have the same style. Like this kind of stuff factors in with women. Jeez. <laughs> wow. You guys sit next to each other based on that stuff? No, not literally physically, but just like, hey, I think I can connect with you because you like style fashion is generally speaking, maybe more important to women, right? So if you find a kindred spirit in uh, in a fashion sense, right? If I was in with a bunch of women and I noticed that this one woman dressed really well or I, I, I liked or admired her style, I would definitely want to be like, I would be curious about her. I'd be like, I feel like we would have stuff in common because she dresses really cool too, you know? <laughs> Had no idea. No idea. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's working on a subconscious level. I don't know. But yeah, that's why I, I think it's always fun to break down that stuff. But yeah, Camille, Denise, let's see you go for it. Like just step out of those LBDs, take a little risk and wear stuff that speaks to your personalities. It is time to go for it. Go for it. Celine Dion. <laughs> you must go for it. Well, Debay, I'm going to go spend the rest of my day manipulating people through a, uh, a serious web of puppeteering. Yes. I don't know what I'm going to do, that's but exactly, that's what I'm going to use That is the, exactly the key to it. So you don't direct, you don't do any direct manipulation, but you get others to do your manipulating. Right. So the next. All while dressed up. Exactly. So the next time that I introduce you next week on our podcast, I can say joining me is the podcast king, the king of podcasting, the master manipulator, DeGill. <laughs> Wait a minute. That doesn't sound good. I'm going to keep adding titles to your intro. <laughs> well, I, I don't suppose I should probably own that last one. but We can wrap this up then. Um, but before we do, I just want to... Um, direct our listeners to our Instagram. Um, we just actually recently posted like an interesting rankings post, which I know DeGill, you love to rank things. So love ranking. We did it for the ladies of Beverly Hills and their Instagram followers. So not surprisingly, Kyle Richards is on top with 2.4 million followers. She's followed closely by LVP 2.1, I believe. Um, and then Erica, Erica follows at about 1.6 million Instagram followers. Um, and then we oh. have um, Teddy and Denise. But Denise, she's just going to need a little bit of time and a little bit of drama to amp up her Instagram follower numbers. Where's Rinna? Oh, I'm sorry. Rinna is actually before uh, Erica. Why is it not surprising that Kyle has the most? Kyle, I think, has associations with the Kardashians and the Hilton. I mean, she is a Hilton. Uh, Hiltons and gotcha. yeah. And also, too, you know, you you don't know how accurate to the number that these followers are because you know all this talk about buying followers. And people got bots. They follow certain, then they get followed back by automatically. Twitter followers. It's it's a whole shady thing because people like get monetized based on their Twitter followers to followers and it's all based on fallacy. You know? Yeah. So. Optics. It's optics. Optics. You know how you kids are with the optics. <laughs> oh, sure. I had to get my I had to get my angry old man comment into the show. <laughs> You're so funny. Okay guys, well thank you for listening. We encourage you to rate and subscribe to the Gossip and Get Glam podcast and definitely be our friend on Instagram. So the handle is Real Housewives Podcast. We want to see you there. We want to gossip with you there until we meet here again for next week's episode. So next week, we're still on Beverly Hills, but it is the week after. Correct me if I'm wrong, DeGill, but Real Housewives of New York premieres March the 6th, correct? Sounds about right. <laughs> it's early March for sure. It's, it's the 6th. So yeah. next week we might come to you with two podcasts or just the New York 
just the New Yorkers because we're, we're, we are just diehards for them. Um, but definitely come back either way. And we would love if you subscribe so you would get the notification. Um, and any last words to Gil? No last words. Just, uh, just anxious to get New York started and share with the world the dream of yours that came true that fell flat. <laughs> it's been enough time. Yeah. yeah, it's been enough time that I can laugh about it, but I wasn't able to laugh about it for months. You were in serious mourning. We, we, won't, we won't say any more, yeah. but it was, yeah, traumatizing. All right. Thanks again, guys. Join us on social media. Subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>